Welcome to Kicking It With The K-Train, talking with people who help me keep an eye on my vision. Hey everyone, my name is Kyle Kuhn. I'm a totally blind US Paralympian author and speaker. Um, I've been pretty fortunate to live a full and adventurous life. Um, you could say that I have been pretty successful, um, but I definitely could not have done it without the help of some really incredible people. Um, so on this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to many of the people who have helped shape me into the person that I am today. Um, and you know, these are the people um, that really help me keep an eye on my vision. And maybe through hearing their stories, uh, they can help you as well. So let's get started. Huge shout out to my personal partners who help support my adventure athlete career. Um, massive, massive thanks to Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a burger better than a Bubba. Um, straight from the freezer to either the grill or the stovetop, you guys. Um, I've been eating Bubba's for over 20 years. I mean, that's the majority of my life. And hands down, this is the best burger out there. So go check out BubbaFoods.com and uh, check out the store locator to see where you can get your favorite variety of Bubba today. Thanks so much to Infinite Performance Nutrition. Um, take your nutrition personally. Hydration and protein, um, custom tailored for your unique recovery, uh, tastes, sweat rate, um, you know, your training, your goals, you know, and, and your lifestyle. Um, you guys, I, I've been using Infinite since uh, before the Paralympics in 2021, and right now I can't imagine using uh, anything else. Um, they keep me fueled through every workout and every race. So uh, check out infinitenutrition.us, I-N-F-I-N-I-T, nutrition.us, and uh, use the code COON15, that's C-O-O-N-1-5, for 15% off your order. Discover your adventure with Cycles Chinook. Um, you guys, Cycles Chinook delivers an exceptional experience uh, through inspired design, personalized approach, and a shared love of riding bikes. Um, you know, guys, I, I can personally attest to this. I, I have been riding a custom built um, Chinook time trial tandem since 2019, and their passion really is um, encouraging exploration and delivering adventure. Um, so you know, check out cycleschinook.com. That's cycles, C-H-I-N-O-O-K.com. And um, you know, go let them help you um, find your adventure. And uh, let them know that uh, Kyle Kuhn sent you.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Kicking It with the K Train, where I chat with people who have helped me keep an eye on my vision. Uh, this guy is, um, <laughs> you know, I, I've uh, I've had on the podcast uh, before. You know, the the guy whose family got me, who allowed me to learn to play guitar and uh, really turn into a musician. Um, but it was this guy's voice that initially taught me my first few chords and actually how to play a scale of so i you know i, I had on uh, i think a few weeks back my uh, my you know guitar teacher that I, I had for a couple of years but but this guy was the actual one who showed me uh you know taught me exclusively by voice um, until i got to meet him uh, actually <laughs> what a guitar was and and uh how to put my fingers on the fretboard and all that. Uh, so I'm, I'm super pumped to introduce everyone to um, an, old, an old buddy uh, of mine, Bobby Coble. Bobby, welcome to the show, bro. Hey, Kyle. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm, uh, I'm solid, man. No, it's, uh, it's been a long time. We, uh, you know, it's, it's been a long time since we've caught up and, and, and talked to you. And, and, you know, when I think back on it, I think we've only actually spent probably just a, you know, that, that week at the guitar camp that, uh, that you were, uh, you know, like the head instructor at, um, and then just, uh, you know, a handful of gigs that I, uh, you know, I came and, and saw you, you play, but apart from that, man, like it's, uh, you know, um, you know, it, it's been, it's been just a, a wild and, and crazy ride the last, you know, 15 years and, uh, just getting to, you know, trying to still stay in touch and, and get to know each other from afar, but, you know, looking back, um, you know, you know, like, like I told people, we initially got connected through talking tabs, um, you know, and the, and the Hera family. Um, how did you kind of, how did you get roped into being the voice of, of talking tabs? Um, <laughs> I'm kind of curious, I'm kind of curious about that because I don't think I ever heard that story. Well, you know, first of all, thank you very much for reaching out to me and having me be a part of your podcast. You look fantastic, man. It's great to see you. It, it has it has been a minute. It's been a hot minute. You know, I would yeah. say, you know, probably, geez, at least like 14 or 15 years, you know, since something like actually, that. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, since we've, you know, communicated yep. the, talk, the talking tabs camp. And also I remember, you know, you were up in North Florida and I remember coming through North Florida with my old rock band, Junkie Rush. And uh, yep. USS connecting there as well. So yep. you look great, man. I'm, I'm glad that things have been going well for you. Appreciate and, it. And thanks a lot for reaching out to me. You know, and as, yeah. far, as, as far as talking tabs is concerned, you know, I was very willfully roped into it. You know, it, it was definitely something that <laughs> I thought was a very noble endeavor on yeah. the part of uh, the Hera family. You know, the, the late Mark Hera, which you yep. know, we, all, we all loved and we all missed. Oh, yeah. Much. And of course, his son, Jared, who was uh, yep. the, guest, um, the guest on your podcast recently, I'm yep. assuming, and, yep. and who is just an inspiration for us all, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, musically speaking, in his life. You know, I was very, you know, grateful and thankful to have been a part of it. And the way I got to know the Harris and to become a part of the Talking Tabs organization was through a very good friend of mine, Abdias Garcia. Mm -hmm. Abdias Garcia was the drummer in my band junkie rush for a period of time in the 2000s right around the time that i was uh uh participating uh with talking tabs he was the one who reached out to me and said hey 
you know, we got this thing going on over here. It's something that I think you might be interested in. We're creating musical instructional products, you know, guitar specifically, although it eventually became more than that. It became yep. you know, keyboard and other instruments as well, you know, for people, you know, for people who are blind and have visual impairments. And I just thought that it was an outstanding idea. And then I came over and uh, I, I met the Hera family and I met Jared and I instantly fell in love with all of them. And, <laughs> you know, and then it became, you know, you know, I became part of the project. I became part of the family. And just from talking with Mark and meeting with Mark, you know, he had a specific idea of things that he wanted to accomplish. He wanted to teach songs, of course, he, but he also wanted to teach the guitar in general. He wanted to teach it from the ground up, from the perspective of someone who wanted to play it but couldn't necessarily see it. So we started, you know, kicking around some ideas of putting together a curriculum and how we could go about doing this. And just from being a part of that process of building this curriculum from the ground up, Mark was like, okay, well, you seem like the obvious candidate to be the one to actually speak and teach these lessons verbally. And so I said, okay, fine. I'm down <laughs> with that. You know, I've always kind of cringed hearing the sound of my recorded voice. You know, even when it, <laughs> you know how it is when you hear yourself yeah. on a recording, you, I'm sure. Oh, totally. You have the same idea. It's like, what? I sound like that? No, that can't be real. Oh yeah. All <laughs> the know, time. Why, yeah. Why does it sound so thin? You know, I had a really hard time accepting you know the sound of my singing voice you know and i still do when i hear you know recordings of my singing voice it's still eh, not a, really what i was hoping for but it is what right it is, you know so yeah i you know became you know the one who was teaching the instructional method you know for talking tabs and mark you know actually hired a voiceover coach i'm not sure if we ever told you that but he no hired a voiceover coach to come in and basically attempt to teach us how to sound like radio DJs. You know, it was funny. It was a, a very, uh, you know, it, it was for like a day or two. I think the guy came in, and Okay. He was, you know, he was trying to get us to talk like Casey Kasem from American. <laughs> you know? But, but it was honestly, it was honestly very helpful. You know, the guy had yeah. really great advice, really good suggestions. And, uh, basically, you know, taught us how to, you know, get in touch with our radio voice, which is, you know, very similar, honestly, to the techniques that singers use, you know, singers kind right. of support from the abdomen, you know, from the diaphragm and certain techniques about using the, the larynx properly in order to make things sound a little more, you know, pleasing to the ear. And it was funny because the guy was also <laughs> kind of teaching us how to <laughs> throw in these little <laughs> engaging vocal inflections. Yeah, we were all kind of chuckling about it, but the guy actually did a very good job. And yeah, so that that's pretty much, you know, how I initially got involved with it. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and I, and, I had no idea. And if, if I may just quickly. Yeah. On a side note, just uh, just say a quick note about Abdias, Abdias Garcia, um, who I, whom I mentioned before. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry to be the, the bearer of bad news, but Abdias actually just... Uh, is in the midst of a medical crisis as we speak. Yep. I was, I was very shocked and saddened to hear about a week ago. Yeah. At his at his young age, Abdias actually suffered a stroke about a week ago. Yep. And he's in the hospital recovering. And uh, again, it's very sad news. But uh, his family, his, his wonderful wife, Carolina, and th their two children, um, they can really use 
any financial help that anyone's able to offer at this time. Yep. Um, they yeah, have, I know. Yeah, they have yeah I was going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to okay. say, yeah, I know, I know Sal, uh, Sal set up a, a GoFundMe and I'm actually going to drop the link to that in the, in the show notes, um, as well. Thank yeah. I've, I've uh, yeah, I, yeah. Um, I saw that and, uh, man, that, that tore, that tore me up. Cause you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I you know, I'm just such a, such a huge fan of, of FDS as, as well. And, um, I actually, I was at, um, Jared and Emily's wedding, um, back in, October and, and we uh, oh, we sat at the we sat at the table with with Abdias and Carolina and and you know and their and their kids so it was man it was uh it was we were just going back reminiscing and uh, it was such a man, it was such a fun time and yeah it, I I tore me up when uh, when I heard when I heard that so but yeah yeah I mean, it, I mean it's greatly appreciated if you would share the the absolutely the link to the GoFundMe because I mean Abe is such a great guy he's such a loyal yeah friend. he's the kind of guy that would give you the shirt off his back Carolina is also oh a yeah wonderful person they're raising yep. two wonderful young men and yes uh, they're they're just really worthy of any type of uh, assistance that anybody is able to offer them. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to, you know, I'm going to make sure to drop that, that GoFundMe link in the, in the show notes so that everyone can, you know, go, please, please help out of Diaz. Cause you know, also, you know, just great, you know, great human being, great family. Um, and just also, uh, really <laughs> another, another person that played a huge role in, in, you know, my music, you know, my musical life and just my, my life in general. So, absolutely, um, absolutely. so yeah. Um, but yeah, Bobby. So let's, um, you know, so, so, so you got hooked up with talking tabs, but so I, I kind of want to go back a, a, a little bit in your past and kind of find out what is, what was your musical journey? Like, how did you wind up picking up guitar? When did you find that you had just a passion for, for music and just take us through your musical journey? Okay. I don't want to, bore anybody it, it's kind of a, <laughs> at, at, my, at my advanced age it's kind of a long journey at this point. that's all right we like we like long journeys here <laughs> all right well ho hopefully this won't be like the iliad or the odyssey i'll try to i'll try to be as good as i possibly can all well, good i mean i started playing music when i was seven years old I, st I started on the organ the guitar wasn't my first instrument i started on the organ back in the 1970s i grew up in central florida which is where i'm located um, most of my, a good chunk of my youth was spent in the town of Okoe. In the 1970s, CB radios were very popular. It's what you know. It's still what truckers used to communicate with each other. But in the 1970s, yeah. thanks to the movie Smokey and the Bandit, <laughs> you know these CB radios <laughs> were very popular. So my yep. dad went to the mall one day to buy a CB radio, and he passed by Keller Music, and there was this guy sitting out in front of Keller Music playing the organ. And so instead of coming home with a CB radio, my dad came home with this gigantic organ in the back of his truck. And, uh, and that was the beginning and I started taking Wow. Yeah, that was it. That's how I got started in music. I took organ lessons for about six years until, you know, I started, you know, right around, you know, 13, 14 is where I really started really becoming interested in the guitar. I mean, I, I already had an interest in rock music. And as everyone knows, rock music is guitar driven. You know, I mean, yes, of course, the keyboard plays a part of it. But, you know, what I is well, I came to the determination that there was no organ in Black Sabbath, so it was probably <laughs> time to, to switch instruments. So around the time I was 13, I switched over to the guitar. And 
that was it. I was mostly self-taught through high school, but I eventually did end up taking guitar lessons here in Central Florida from a teacher who is still active. His name is Skid Leffler. He oh, wow. Out of, yeah, he teaches out of Music Shack in Longwood. I'm still in contact with Skid. He's just a That's awesome. Guy. He's just a great, you know, just awesome, funny guy, a great, you know, musician and teacher who really pointed me in the right direction. And he was one of the guys that got me interested in Berklee College of Music. I was also, you know, I was, when I was in high school, of course, I was into rock and metal and, you know, just, you know, the more notes, the better, you know, I was into those kind of players, which a lot of younger guys are, you know, oh, yeah. guys and girls, you know, it's understandable, you know, and I, but I eventually started to get interested in the type of music that people call fusion, which is sort of like jazz melody and harmony, but played on rock style instruments, you know, just right. guitar and electric instruments right and i really became fascinated with guys like alan holdsworth john mclaughlin and more than anyone else al di miola the great al di miola the fusion guitarist mm. and just from being obsessed with al di miola and you know reading in guitar player magazine i saw an ad that said learn guitar the way al di miola did at berkeley college of music and then I was huh. like, okay wait skid told me about berkeley and from that you know, that developed my interest in Berklee College of Music, and that's eventually where I ended up going to college. So huh. from 1986 until 1990, I went to Berklee College of Music, you know, graduated with my performance degree, and then came back to Central Florida and uh, just started, you know, kind of forging, you know, a, a career in music. You know, we were chit-chatting before we started the podcast here, yeah. and, I, and I told you that uh, I used to paint houses for yep. a living. You know for a couple of years i told kyle i uh paint houses because i just got done painting my own house and i'm just like <laughs> i'm just racked with pain from going up and down a ladder five thousand times yep. but, but at any rate yeah that's something i did after college in order just to you know sustain myself until i got enough work as a musician in order to you know work you know as a musician and that's something that you know people have to do you know i tell you know you know i teach at ucf and rollins college we'll get to that in a little bit yeah but i tell my students it's like hey you know sometimes you have to do what you got to do until you're able to really you know get to the point where you want to be in your musical career you know so that's what i had to do for a little while and you know but eventually you know i was able to take the plunge quit the painting job hang up my brush <laughs> and roller <laughs> and just move on to just playing and teaching full-time eventually uh, a buddy of mine in town, Chuck Archer, the fantastic bassist and arranger. He runs the contemporary side of things over at uh, Rollins College in Winter Park, mm -hmm. Florida. Chuck reached out to me and said, hey, you have a degree, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, we're looking for an adjunct to teach our guitar students at Rollins College. And so I said, please, you know, sign me up. Yeah. So I, start, so I started teaching at Rollins in 1998. And, uh, well, maybe I should backtrack a little bit because something else... <laughs> Something else pretty significant <laughs> happened in my in my life before I started teaching at Rollins. Yeah. Which I should definitely talk about. Yeah. So when I got out of college, of course, I was playing in, you know, original bands as well. You know, I played in an original metal band from 1990 until 1992. Okay. It was called Azrael. I think you can still find some of Azrael's music out there somewhere. I know that one of our recordings got released much, much later, like seven or eight years ago. and. Yeah, I can, I can maybe look it up in case your viewers are interested in tracking. Yeah, that. yeah. But also, uh, but also in 1994, I was very fortunate to uh, to have joined the band Death, which is pretty legendary band in the heavy metal community. Chuck Schuldiner's band Death, which is out here out of Central Florida. Okay, you know Chuck is rightfully credited as being one of the guys who formulated and 
just was one of the progenitors of the style of music that is now known as death metal. Chuck yep. was a legend in the heavy metal community. And again, like I said, I was very fortunate to have formed his band, joined his band, excuse me, yep. in 1994. Uh, was in the band for right around two years, approximately two years. Was very fortunate to have played on Death's 1995 release called Symbolic. Wow. And got to do all the touring that came along with the Symbolic you know, touring cycle. And yeah, it was a major event in my life. It was a major, you know, I wouldn't say it was a turning point, but it was, it was just a, an amazing, you know, stroke of fortune for me personally to have, you know, been able to play with death and to play with Chuck and Gene Hoagland. And, you know, it's just something that I'm very thankful for to this day. Chuck and I actually met in high school. We met for the first time back in high school. Huh. He would, he went to a different high school that I went to here in Central Florida, but right. we sort of knew each other and knew of each other. We weren't like buddies. We didn't hang out a lot, but we did meet initially back in high school. And so he kind of remembered me and that I'm sure was, you know, kind of influential in his wanting sure. to join the band. So anyway, unfortunately the band disbanded in 1996, you know, so, yep. which was a bummer, you know, I mean, but I got, you know, that brief opportunity to play with the band. And then after that, you know, I ended up, you know, getting the job offer at Rollins College, you know, and ended up continuing my pursuit of uh, original music. Uh, I ended up forming an original rock band, very different from, you know, the, the metal stuff that I had played in the past. I formed this yeah. eclectic, eclectic rock band called Junkie Rush, Yep. which was just, you know, I've always been a fan of several different musical styles like you, you know, it's like, yeah. You know, Music, you're not in the mood for spaghetti every day. Sometimes you want no. a taco. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, you know, I've always been, you know, interested in, you know, di different diverse music styles. You know, I've been a student of jazz ever since, you know, college. And that's always also been one of my main creative pursuits. But I also always had the desire to form an eclectic rock band. Like some of my favorite bands are very eclectic. Faith No More, right. James Addiction, Sublime. You know, some of these bands are, you know, just very you know, diverse in their approach to playing and recording music. Fishbone, that's another one. Yeah. So I put together this band, Junkie Rush, and, you know, we recorded a total of three studio albums and a live album. That's how I was very fortunate to meet up Diaz Garcia. Yep. And that and that took up a pretty decent amount of the 2000s for me. But yep. also what happened in the two, 2000s, I had a brief stint of teaching at Seminole Community College, which is now called Seminole State College yep. here in Central Florida, Sanford. I taught there for two years. And then I was offered a position in 2007 to come in and teach jazz studies at the University of Central Florida, where I am still working, you know, so I'm part of the jazz studies program again. And uh, that's primarily what I do to this day as far as teaching. You know, I've been at Rollins since 98 and I've been at UCF since 2007 and just sort of hacking out this career as, <laughs> as a, an independent freelance musician. You know, I do lots of. You know, I do all kinds of gigs. I do corporate stuff. I do solo yep. gigs. I do quite a bit of work in nursing homes and retirement communities. Wow. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I do. Um, and also there is um, the Death Legacy Band is still in existence, which is called okay. Death to All. And Death <laughs> to All did its initial. Yeah, we're bringing the music of Death to All. Get it? <laughs> I love yeah. it. So, yeah, uh, for your uh, yeah, right. I thought it was pretty clever. I wish I came up I, with it. I did. Yeah, seriously. I was like, did you come up with that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just uh, a little too late on that one. Yeah, but uh, but for those of your um your listeners that aren't uh, necessarily familiar with the band Death or with the legacy of the band Death, Chuck Schuldiner, 
who, who's you know was the you know the driving creative force behind the band death very sadly passed away from cancer in 2001 yeah and he was only 34 years old Oof. It's, it's just a real shame and a real tragedy but his music and his musical legacy has endured to this day you know chuck's music today is more popular than ever and yep. and about you know, a little over 10 years after his death, around 2012, the idea was formulated of why not have a tour of a bunch of the former members of death? Because there were a decent amount of musicians who, yeah. came, you know, who came through the band over the years. Why not have a tour with a bunch of these musicians celebrating Chuck's life and music? So that happened in 2012. It was a short tour, but it was a really big success. Yep. And it just kind of kept going from there. You know, there were, you know, many more subsequent tours. I became kind of a permanent member of the rotation in 2014. Yep. And it's, and it's not something we do every year, but this past year, June of last year, we went over to Europe and did a festival tour with some club dates. And this year in March, we did a pretty comprehensive tour of the U.S. and Canada. So, yeah, death to all, you know, the legacy band of death that, you know, performs the, the music of Chuck Schuldiner and helps to keep his memory alive that's something that i'm also an active part of and very thankful but yeah aside from that again like i said another thing i tell my musicians is that my students that are musicians actually <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. you know you have to have a very you know entrepreneurial approach to you know forming your own forging your own path as a musician yeah you know, you, you, you know i wear a lot of different hats you know it's kind of like a plus b plus c plus d plus e equals a career in music you know yep <laughs> so from teaching on the college level i still do a little bit of freelance teaching you know not so right. much you know but a, right. a little a little bit of that but you know just you know doing the different types of gigs that i do you know it all kind of ends up with you know being very very fortunate you know to have you know forged a career with a guitar in my hands you know and i'm able to support my family you know at this point you know the kids getting expensive no i'm just kidding <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say my, my parents had four of them so like oh, I mean yeah. I, I, get, I get it so yeah I, sh I shouldn't complain I have one she's the love of my life uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm she's a she's a teenager now right no she's not quite there yet not my quite daughter, there yet yeah my daughter Coral is 11 years old wow yeah she's in, wow uh, she's in, uh, just just wrapping up the fifth grade and uh, she's been involved in martial arts since she was three years old. She oh wow, gets, she always gets embarrassed when I tell people this. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, next uh, in actually two weeks, she will be completing the completing the final phase of her uh, testing to become a second degree black belt in karate. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. Good so, for her. Yeah, yeah. She's been very. Uh, you know, she's had the temerity to go through with you know all the hoops that she's had to jump through all the boards that she's had to break and that's amazing it's a really an awesome accomplishment and that's uh, amazing the joke that i tell people is like when she's ready to drive i'm gonna have to give her the keys <laughs> pretty much <laughs> dad give me the keys or i break uh, your arm <laughs> yeah right okay here they are so anyway, oh, man, so I, sorry, I try not to be too long-winded there. Uh, no, it's awesome. I, I love it, man. That's I love it. Much, that's pretty much where I am, musically speaking. Yeah, no, that's 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 amazing. So, like, oh, man, like, just so many, you know, so many different directions we could, we could take this conversation. But, like, you know, one of the things that, like, always, you know, because, like, I, I, you know, the first time I heard you actually, like, just straight up 
play, you know, play the guitar was you were, you were demonstrating, you know, you know, you were, I think you were demonstrating like classical guitar to us at that, at that camp. And, uh, I had no idea that you were like a, you know, death metal person or like a, you know, into, into jazz or any, any of this stuff. And then like, you know, you, you, you demonstrate classical guitar. And then I think the next day you and Abdias get up there and play a couple of, you know, classic junkie rush songs. And, uh, you know, and then like, I think I, I think I got moved into your little, you know, teaching group and, like you're you're shredding on you know you're you're you know you're shredding blues you're shredding you know in nirvana like all, all this different stuff and like it, it just it it amazed me um your versatility um like did you like was that versatility like was it always there or like how, how do you like how do you switch from you know death metal to orchestral essentially <laughs> and like you know it, it kind of seems like at, at the bat of an eye well you know again like i said well um let me let, let me put it this way uh this this buddy of ours uh uh jimmy davies who goes by jimmy haha he's the, yep. the leader of the band jimmy's chicken shock right he yep. became a buddy of ours you know we did some tours with jimmy chicken jimmy's chicken shock when we were in junkie rush and they're very similar in the respect that they're kind of all over the place, musically speaking, stylistically speaking. And one day, Jimmy, who's just a very clever, funny, wonderful guy, he said, I call it musical ADD. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, jazz, this is great. Ooh, look, classics, <laughs> you know, that, that type of thing. And yeah. I've, I've just, you know, I'm like many, many, many other musicians, you know, you know like you are too, I'm sure, Kyle. Oh yeah. I I just have a a very you know genuine curiosity about music. I just love, you know, it's what I do for a living, but it's also my hobby. I just am very interested in, you know, the music from other parts of the world and just the different possibilities and you know specifically to me, you know, how it all relates to the guitar and you know, you know what can be done potentially with the guitar. You know, as far as classical guitar is concerned, I'm a classical hobbyist you know i have been yeah for years it's always been a style that i'm interested in i tell people that i'm a first rate second rate classical guitar player <laughs> you know i'm definitely not on the level of the concert level you know no. it, really, it really takes a lot of dedication to get to that point right it's just it's just something that i like to do you know it's i love the sound of the classical guitar and i strive to you know get the best possible sound that i'm able to get from the instrument and some of that repertoire is just very moving to me, you know. It, it, you know, music connects, of course, we all know, to people on an emotional level. Yeah. And, you know, that's largely what classical guitar does for me. It's something I enjoy. But also, it's also another tool in the tool belt, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I, it's very useful for doing those types of gigs. You know, hey, Bob, can you do this wedding ceremony? You know, they want Canon in D and Jesu Joy of Mansi's Iron. Yeah, sure, I can cover that. Wow. Or for a cocktail hour or just for my own personal satisfaction. Yeah. And that's really what it's about. Like we were talking about before. It's like, you know, just think about it. If you ate the same thing every single day, eventually you would be like, you know, I'm so sick of chicken. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, yeah. and that, and that was one of the, like, and that was like when I was, you know, exploring my, you know, guitar journey, like when I actually got a, you know, a private guitar teacher, you know, you know, it was, like yeah at, at first i was just learning a bunch of a bunch of rock songs and it's like this is kind of getting boring <laughs> <laughs> so like you know so that he you know, he he got 
you know, super stoked and was like, okay, like, let's start, let's start exploring. And sure, you know, sure. And, and, you know, and then like listening to, you know, going back and listening to, you know, cause I was always a fan of, uh, of Junkie Rush. Look, you know, going back and, and listening to you guys and, and you know, just being like, man, like, how can I, how can I get to that level where I'm basically combining, you know, Latin, ska, reggae, you know, uh, you know, jazz and, you know, there, you know, there were almost like country elements to some of your songs too. I was like, yeah, how, how do I, how do, how do I combine all of that? Like it, it was, it was, it was quite crazy. Um, so yeah, no, like just, it was just a curiosity. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, you know? And another thing that I, I definitely have to say is, you know, I, I've been, you know, I never really set out to be a teacher. You know, it yeah. wasn't like a musical goal that I had in mind. I just kind of became one. Yeah. And from teaching, you, you end up learning a lot. I think that's one thing that any, you know, any teacher of any subject will really tell you. But especially when it comes to teaching guitar and when it comes to teaching music is that you learn a lot on the job. Mm-hmm. You, know, you might have a student that comes in with a country song. They're like, hey, I want to learn this. I'm like, okay, let's check it out. You know, yeah. so you go in there or it might be like, hey, here's a finger picking thing I want to figure out. You know, so you just learn these things in order to show other people. And eventually, you know, you end up learning a lot of this stuff yourself. So, yeah, I also credit, you know, just having taught guitar for so long is another part of the reason that, you know, and again, I'm not like, you know, an, an expert when it comes to playing country guitar, you know, but I know sure. I know a little about it. Sure. My, my real areas of study over the years have been jazz and classical music and rock, mm-hmm. of course, you know. Of course. But, uh, you know, the, the old saying, the old Zen saying is, you know, from one thing, know 10,000 things. Yeah. And that's a that's a great quote, right? And I actually stole that quote from a book called Zen Guitar, which is a book <laughs> that I, I highly recommend that to you or to just to any of your okay. listeners. It's written by a, a, a man named Philip Toshio Sudo, who uh, had a Japanese parent, an American parent, and grew up in Hawaii. So he wow. was a real perfect mixture of east meets west in terms of his approach to music and the philosophies he also studied martial arts and and he came up with a really fascinating book that's also short attention span stuff you know you could sit down right. and a couple pages every day but a really fantastic book about how you know the philosophies of the east and west combine into what's actually a very you know surprising and pleasing musical philosophy and that's uh. one of the things he said in the book you know because it's true when you learn an improvisational concept in jazz you could apply it to anything you can apply it to rock you could apply it to blues you know you can you know that there's much more you know there that you know it's there's much more than just something that can be applied to one musical style you know all lear- learning is universal right you know so it, it all you know applies you know to different you know anything you learn in one style of music will apply to others yeah and i think that's uh, you know I, I, uh, you know, during the, during the pan, you know, during the, the height of the, the pandemic, um, I was drawn, I was, you know, just so, you know, you know, we were you know, here at the training center, we were like locked in our rooms, basically most of the, most of the time. And so I was spending lots of time with my, <laughs> with my guitars. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, right, right. you know, I, I, I found, you know, I found just, uh, you know, going off of, of what you said, um, you know, learning is is universal um and then i started just drawing so many different parallels between 
you know, guitar and triathlon or guitar, you know, music and triathlon and sport and, and all this stuff. And it, you know, when you're, when you're locked in your, uh, when you're locked in your room for 12 weeks, you, uh, you get kind of crazy and you have the time to actually like, you know, pick apart a junkie rush song, but, oh, cool, man. you know, you know, that, that is the silver lining of the pandemic, yep. you know, of yeah. it was very trying, you know, for many people, I mean, aside from the obvious, you know, uh, health ramifications yeah. that, you know, unfortunately many people weren't fortunate enough to survive through. Exactly. You know, um, one of, you know, we all experienced, you know, isolation in our own different ways. Yep. And one of the silver linings is, you know, people, you know, they got to, you know, hopefully, you know, manifest a bunch of things that they had wanted to do, but were unable to. And that meant music for a lot of people. I think Fender, yep. the Fender guitar company had record sales. It's amazing. Yeah, 2020 and 2021. And yep. a lot of people were able to exercise our diff artistic endeavors. You know, I was able to get a project started that I haven't completed yet, but I was able <laughs> to get a project started. I've always been very fascinated with electronic music. Uh -huh. And uh, I really dove into Ableton Live and got some Ableton chops during the pandemic and was able to okay. some music, which is kind of a combination of fusion and, you know, electronic, you know, drum and bass style, you know, yeah. music. something I've wanted to do for a long time. So that's under construction. But yeah, okay. just like you said, you were able to, uh, you know, accomplish some, you know, musical things that maybe you didn't have the time or, you know, maybe it wasn't practical for you to do so beforehand. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really kind of cool and amazing. Uh, so like, you know, let's, let's kind of dig into, um, you know, kind of your, your projects, uh, that you've had either over the years or the, the projects that you're kind of currently working on, you know, now, like, like looking back over your career, is there a particular, you know, project or song or, um, album or, or something that you, you know, you just poured so much time and effort into that is just, or, or that is just near and dear to your heart. And then like, you know, how does, and, and then what are you, what are you kind of working on now and going forward? Well, uh, there's been a lot of stuff that has been, you know, near and dear to me over the years. Some of it, I really put a lot of time and effort into and, you know, other stuff, you know, I, I, you know, there wasn't necessarily as much time involved, but there was definitely, you know, a significant amount of effort. Sure. Again, I, I was very, very fortunate to have played in the band Death for yep. the period of time that I did. And I was, you know, featured on their album Symbolic. Um, I was only, you know, featured on a few songs, but that music is still, you know, very near and dear to me. You know, it represented a very, you know, significant you know, musical event of my life, something that I have, you know, been, you know, very fortunate, you know, to have, you know, been able to, you know, persist. I mean, that album, you know, kind of put my name on the map as far as the heavy metal community, you know, the yeah. heavy metal community is concerned. And I've had many great recording opportunities. You know, I, I still, you know, get called for, you know, guest solo sessions, you know, all because of my association with the band Death. You know, so I'm very, you know, very grateful you know, to have been a part of that. And aside from that, you know, J Junkie Rush was a very, you know, wonderful project. And of course, that was kind of my baby. You know, I was the primary. Yeah. You know, I was the singer and songwriter in that band. And 
I'm, you know, the, the, some of the stuff on the first album, I'm a little embarrassed by, you know, because <laughs> it was my first foray to singing. It was my first foray really into that kind of songwriting. And, you know, it's just some of it's a little embarrassing. Some of it was comedy, you know what I mean? We, we sure. definitely always had a, a element of comedy in the band. Sure. Listening sure. back to some of it now, it's kind of like, oh boy, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But, uh, <laughs> I can think of a, I think I think of a song or two yeah, yeah, <laughs> come to maybe, mind. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we won't go too far into that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but again, some of that stuff I am very proud of. And, you know, I, I found that, you know, some of that stuff is still very near and dear to me. You know, like, for yeah. example, the song I Am From The Dirt from the second Junkie Rush album is something that Great I'm song. Very cool, very proud of. You know, My Rosalita Angelita is a good one, although that's yep. another example of comedy that's, you know. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say that was that was uh that yeah, a, a little that's a funny ju- one. Yeah, a little juvenile was, yeah. to say the least, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but it's a fun you know, song. It's a great we're song. We're still relatively young dudes, you know what I mean? Yeah, being cool, totally. being, being funny, you know, some of the stuff on the 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 third junkie rush album Musica, I'm also, you know, still kinda of proud of, you know. Yeah. We had, we had some good stuff on that album as well. Oh yeah. So yeah, you know, that period of, you know, I don't go back and listen to it very often because, again, you know, it's kind of, you know, Pat Metheny once said, the great jazz guitarist Pat Metheny once said, I would rather be waterboarded than go back and listen to my own music. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe, you know, because anything that you've done in the past artistically, there are still some lingering associations. Sure. You know, and, you know, it's not like, you you know, there are any necessarily super negative associations with that period of time. But you know, it's just that you know i don't know music i think you know original music is mostly you know created for other people to enjoy yeah as far as what the artist says it's like yeah sure it's like what we do it's what we make but it's not necessarily something that we always want to dwell on right but every now and then i'll go back and listen to that stuff and be like you know i'll get a little nostalgic and be like yeah that is kind of cool or yeah i am kind of proud of that one you know i don't think there's anything wrong with that totally you know totally so as far as what i'm involved with right now um, I'm not really involved with any full-time original pro- music projects right now. I did sort of recently complete a long-distance metal project with a buddy of mine, actually a couple buddies of mine up in Canada, in Quebec City. It, took us, it only took us, it didn't take long, it only took us 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> only 10 years, huh? Yeah, That's to get to... Blink yeah, of an eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To get this long distance metal project completed, but it's been completed for a couple of years, and we just haven't really. Nice. We've been very slow with you know letting it. Mostly my fault, but we've been very slow with letting it come out into sure. the public. It's called Lie of Eris. Lie, uh, a lie, like you told a lie yep. of Eris. E R I S. And uh, a couple. There are a couple songs on Bandcamp which you could check out. Okay. Pretty he- pretty heavy stuff. And uh, we have other songs that we're going to release here pretty soon. We have one song that we're very fortunate to have. Uh, Snake and Tui from the band Voivod participate with. Yeah. So, again, a couple of those songs are out on Bandcamp. I do have this other aforementioned uh, electronic music project. Yep. Hopefully, you know, maybe just talking to you, Kyle, is going to give you the incentive to really, you know, <laughs> get off my rear and finish this thing. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Uh, but, but I do have this <laughs> other project that I'm, you know, going to hopefully release a few songs with sometime, you know, within hopefully, you know, the next year. That awesome. project that project's called Lost Albatross. Oh. And, uh, it's 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 pretty cool stuff. Like I said, it's sort of a fusion between fusion guitar and fusion composition and electronic music elements. That's awesome. 
that's really that's awesome. all I got. That's really all I got cooking right now. You that's know, all I got cooking now. Yeah, the you know the original music game is, you know, I mean, it's hard. It is. It's also kind of a you know at this point, I mean, you're never. It's never too late to any for anything. Of course, you're for sure. You're totally aware of that, but you know, jumping in a van and tooling around with a trailer and really roughing it, you know, that's kind of something you do in your twenties and your thirties. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like that's been the, re- you know, the music industry has really changed as, as you know, sure. You know, people don't really buy music as much anymore. They kind of, no. it, you know, but it, it also enables a lot of people to record from home and make, you know, quality musical products from their home base. And, you know, that's, you know, something that, I think has really, you know, sort of supplanted, you know, a lot of bands going out and hitting the road as much, right. maybe, you know, recording music on their own and maybe, you know, putting it up on streaming services and trying to get a social media presence, you know, and trying to do right. things that way. Right. Yeah. So at any rate, I'm really involved in any original music projects. I'm always, always, you know, trying to improve and build upon my craft as a jazz musician. You know, that's yeah. a lifelong endeavor. That's still a big part of what I do as far as gigging. You know, I, I still I play at a, a wonderful place here in Orlando called the uh, Wooder Park, actually a little north yep. of Orlando. It's called the Blue Bamboo Center for the Arts. Okay. Chris Cortez, wonderful jazz guitarist. I play. He owns the place. Him and his wife Melody own the place, and they. It's just a wonderful asset to our musical community here in Central Florida. He uh, is very gracious to have me. You know, a couple times, or or once you know, every couple of months, I'll go in there with my own show. Yep. My next one is coming up on Wednesday, May seventeenth. I'll be at the Blue Bamboo nice. and Water Park. Nice. PM. And I also I also do a bi monthly duet with Chris Cortez, the owner at the Blue Bamboo. Ah. And we yeah, we do that typically. Let me just look at my calendar here just to see when the next one of those is coming up. I'll be yeah. there again on Saturday Saturday, June tenth. Oh nice. Bamboo, my, my jazz guitar duet with Chris Cortez. And okay. again, they're offering a wonderful service to the Orlando music community and providing a listening room, a real beautiful listening room, holds about 120 people. And, you know, they, they focus mostly on, you know, artistic music and where people can come and really check out the music in a very nice listening environment. That's so, cool. Yeah, they're at the bluebambooartcenter.com, I believe is their website. Okay, awesome. Good stuff, man. You, oh you know, man. man, and I, I know I know this is your podcast. You're the one. Oh no, hey, 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 no, no. But, I, I, you know, but again, man, it's been a while since we caught up. You know, we met. Yeah, back, no, know, fire away. The late, the late, the late two thousands, man. I just want yeah. to know how your musical journey's been going, how your <clears throat> journey's been going with the guitar. You know, I know that you've been at, you know very active in the, you know, like you, like you mentioned in the triathlon world, and I just want yeah. to know what you've been up to. And if I could real quickly just t- tell one quick story about. When we met, back at, Fire away. Back, back at the talking tabs camp again talking yeah tabs had a camp for you know for blind music students to come in and get together and meet and play some music and i remember talking to you uh you know when we met initially and i remember you told me that you climbed mount kilimanjaro that's correct right yep that's correct yeah, i uh, you know, i think I, I i think i i think i'd been home for like a month when I went to, I, I think I climbed Kilimanjaro in like June of 2007 and then I came to this guitar camp like a month later. That's when it, well, well thank you for quantifying it. I yep. know it was sometime around 2007, yep. 2008, yep. I couldn't really put my finger on it. But I remember that and I'm like, man, that is just such an amazing accomplishment. And I was like, I'd be just, you know, to climb a mountain is like, I'm like, that's something that I could never do. And then you reply <laughs> to that was, it's like, well, just do what I do. Don't look down. And, <laughs> and man, you just cracked up everybody that was around and it just really just showed you know the, the kind of person that you are 
you know, you make a joke like that under you know, those, your circumstances. And we just thought that was just such an amazing accomplishment, and it really just speaks to your character. So, man, what have you been up to? You know, because again, we haven't talked in a while. Yeah, no, how's for you, sure. How's your How's your uh, musical and athletic journey been going over these years? Yeah, no. Well, the uh, <laughs> the athletic journey really took off uh, probably like 2015. You know, okay. be, you know, between 2015 and 2000. You know, and and now, uh, you know, I, I made a, you know. I started getting into, you know, into, into running and triathlon in like 2014, 2015. And then, you know, did, uh, you know, did an, you know, did a handful of a uh, handful of Ironman triathlons and then got the opportunity to move here to Colorado Springs in 2019 to, to live and train out of the Olympic and Paralympic training center. And, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, was able to go to the, go to the Paralympics in, in 2021 and represent, you know, team USA and, uh, in Tokyo and, you know, now just gearing up to, you know, try to make a run at run at Paris 2024. Um, but as far as the, like, as far as like music and the, and the guitar, you know, goes, I, you know, after, you know, after the talking tabs camp, um, I, I, I went on to, you know, I, I think I did a couple of like little open mic nights or something like that at, at some point, uh, played with my sisters a bunch. Um, okay. you know, all of my, all of my sisters are, you know, you know, they, they were at least all, you know, vocalists. And then, um, you know, my, my older sister played a little bit of, uh, piano, but my, my littlest sister is actually, uh, the most musically talented of, of all of us. I have a little bit more of the, the instrument side of, of things dialed, but she is just a super talented, um, vocalist. So, so she and I've played on, you know, I did a couple of, couple of little things with her where I was, you know, her guitar and she, you know, she sang, but music for me has really been, it's been a, it's been a release. It's been um, a way to kind of sit down and take my mind away from, uh, away from triathlon and, um, you know, away from, you know, you know, it can be a, it, it's a challenging thing being a totally blind, you know, navigating, a, a, you know, navigating the world of um, elite athlete, you know, elite sport, and then uh, trying to, trying to make a living, you know, just like, just like you said, you have to be uh, very, just like you tell your music students, you have to be very entrepreneurial. You have to think a lot outside of the box. You have to do a lot of things to make ends meet. So, you know, early on in my career, I was, uh, I was like working at a, I was working out of a call center and then I was, you know, working at, you know, making, uh, I was like rolling hamburger patties and, uh, you know, to, at a, at a restaurant. And so doing all this, all this stuff. So music for me was always that, that release. And, um, and my, uh, uh my, <laughs> my big treat to myself is like, if I, if I hit like a, a major milestone, um, or something, I buy myself a, a new guitar. Um, yeah. so, yeah, so that's kind of my, that's sure my, uh, that's my thing. Um, yeah, so you, like, gotta, you have to reward yourself. From time exa- to time, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, I, uh, I think I, I think I emailed or texted you a while back asking your opinion on, Hey, 12 string guitar or uh nylon string and you like go with the nylon <laughs> yeah you know, <laughs> and that's and that's nothing against the 12 string guitar no 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 it's a beautiful instrument but it's more of a specialized kind of sound. exactly it's exactly great, it's great for strumming chords yep it's beautiful, it's beautiful. but as, as far as really you know as far as the diversity aspect of it is concerned again nylon strings that's also a very specialized sound totally but but i just think just in you know just general for general music musical purposes in general you'll get a lot more usage and a lot more mileage yep. out, out of a, a six string nylon guitar than you will a 12 string 
Plus, yeah. things are just a drag to get in tune, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Everybody complains about, but once they're in tune, they sound pretty angelic. But, it's you know, pretty amazing. Just, the strings are really close together and dense and for finger style type things. I mean, Leo Kotke is a great example of yeah. why everything I just said was wrong. <laughs> but, I, but i just think in, in you know by and large i think you know a nylon string uh, classical guitar is just a more useful yep. instrument it's what i do a yep. lot of my digging on yeah and, no I, yeah it's it's, it's awesome i love i i love it i mean and like i think um i think i did the cover i think i did uh the cover of it got a little strange on a uh on my oh, nylon yeah, string that's actually right. that's right. that's so right. Uh, that was man. that was like that was my big pandemic project I was like I, I am going to get this song as close to figured out as I can and I know it's like I, I know you probably watched that video you probably watched that video you're like oh my god this no, man, you know, <laughs> his technique was terrible <laughs> but on, honestly you know it, it's just it's all about the intention you know it's yep. all about the feeling you know I mean we could all use to improve our technique oh I mean, totally you know, the best technicians in the world will probably tell you that but just, totally you know, but just the sentiment behind it, you know, it's very touching that anybody would even want to, you know, play one of those tunes. And yep. uh, again, it's, it's very flattering. And I'm just, you know, I'm very touched that, you know, it affected you in such a way that you would want to, you know, that you would want to, you know, give, you know, to play that song and do your own version of it, man. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah, it was it was a fun. That was a fun project to uh, you know, to do because that was uh, that was one of the songs that UNFD has played for us at that camp. And you know, it just, it was such a cool tune. And, you know, I was like, this would sound great on a, this would sound great on an, on a nylon string. It's oh, uh, yeah. that was, that's, uh, that's a nylon string thing, you know, it's, yep. it's very much that it's sort of a combination. It's, it's kind yep. of a, a bossa nova inspired. Yeah. That particular. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. So man, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, music is still, you know, and has consistently been a part of your life, you know, you know, you're just, you're, you're such an inspiration, Kyle. You know, oh, thank you, man. Just everything, the things that you've accomplished and, you know, just representing the United States in the Olympics. I mean, that is just unbelievable, man. It's, it's so fantastic. <laughs> and it's just great that music is still there in your life because, you, you know, again, it's like, you know, the, the guitar is sort of like your old friend that's always there. For it you. is. <laughs> you know it I mean? is. Whenever you want yep. to strike up that conversation again, you know, there it is. Yep. And it can be a little ornery. And it fights back a little bit. It does. <laughs> you know, it does. But, but the thing is, you know, you just have to, you know, just accept where you are and take it for what it's worth and just, you know, allow that therapeutic side of it, you know, to manifest itself. And, you know, it's it's just really, you know, wonderful that you still have that in your life. Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah, I know. Like, like you said, it, it can be very frustrating at times. Trust me, uh, trying to learn to two hand tap on an acoustic guitar, not fun. Man, <laughs> but... man that's ambitious. You know? I, mean, I, was, you know, I tried. I tried. You know, because the acoustic, the, well, the acoustic guitar, you know, yeah. the, the, steel yeah. string, the steel string acoustic guitar is like one of the most fundamental oh, yeah. of, the, of the stringed instruments that's out there, yep. really. You know, yeah, it, it doesn't need amplification. It can be taken anywhere, and just you know, historically speaking, you know, of course, the acoustic guitars existed before electric guitars. Yep. And in most you know American styles of music, not just American styles of music, but specifically you know American blues and folk and country. Yeah. You know that that's kind of where you know the steel string guitar has existed. Totally. Yeah, you know, and but you know, it also tends to be a little more difficult to play. Yeah. You know, as as far as you know, the comparison between steel string acoustics and electric guitars, electric guitars are much friendlier. 
the strings are generally lighter. You know, they generally yep. have lower action. They don't fight back as much. You know, because yep. guitars can, you know, <laughs> they, have, they, can, they can have an attitude sometimes. You know? They, they, they certainly, they certainly can. But yeah, yeah so, no, I, I was very, I was very inspired by. Um, I actually, uh, I was, I was really for the longest time, I was really inspired by you know guys like uh, you know Andy McKee or Justin King, like you know those types of you know per, very you know and, you know and I was a you know I, I don't know if you remember this, but um, I was you know, I was a I was a drummer for seven or eight years prior to you know picking up the guitar, and so like you know that percussive style always really appealed to me and you know that that you know just very rhythmic you know That's being fantastic. able to play rhythm and melody at the same time was always was always a something that i wanted to learn to do it so that kind of stuff has always inspired my musical journey so that's that's great you know i i you know maybe you told me that back in the day but i didn't really yep. re remember that at least in the forefront of my my, my questionable memory <laughs> that's all right but yeah man. right on i mean those cats you know yeah like you mentioned andy mckee you know he's one of the guy that's one of the guys who really you know popularized you know that style of guitar playing you know percussion yep. guitar i guess a lot of people call it yeah because again like the guitar the guitar kind of is a drum the acoustic guitar it is it's a big hollow box you know and it's got those great qualities that can be exploited you know that's the style of guitar playing i never quite got into not for having a lack of appreciation of it but what but one of the things about playing classical guitar and playing nylon string guitar right is that you use your fingernails you know, to, to ah. really, I, I think to really exploit fully the sound of the nylon string guitar and to get the the best loudest tone you know fingernails are often necessary to do that you know it's just like gotcha. guitar technique it's generally accepted that you grow your nails if you're gonna you know play classical guitar and you know tapping you know is the enemy of the fingernail yeah yeah <laughs> it is yeah, especially like on a steel string you know acoustic guitar especially if you have like 12s you know like a fairly heavy or medium you know yeah gauge string on the acoustic yep. guitar man your nails are going to get chewed up in oh yeah a pretty short amount of time so that's always been one of the deterrents you know on electric guitar with lighter strings you know you can kind of get, get away with it yeah, yeah and I, try, sure. I, try to, I try to keep my nails as short as possible so i can yep. still play with the flesh of my right hand fingertips if i need to and so i can do a little bit of tapping but yeah, the the, the whole per percussive thing, you know, in the limited <laughs> amount of time I've tried it, I've been like, okay, this is gonna be a game over for my fingernails. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, but dude, this has been it's been fun catching up, man. I you know, we could really go nice. on for we could go on for hours, and you know, at, at some point, um, you know, I, I try to. I try to swing through Orlando um, every every so often, you know, whether for a speaking gig or, or something. But right. we need to actually we need to actually sit down and and you know we need to we need to pull out the old guitars and we just need to we need to play together again, man. Because I've gotten a little I've gotten a little bit better since the last time uh, we actually played together, which was like I don't know, fifteen years ago. Oh, you're, you're you're still way you know you're still you're still master yoda in my mind oh, man, <laughs> for, well, when it comes to guitar so well man that is that is very flattering and i appreciate that and just you are always welcome you know just let me know whenever you're coming through orlando if you have do. time and you and you can come by and we could sit down and have a hang maybe get some dinner play some guitar. absolutely I, I would absolutely love to do that man so please that'd be a ball will do man yeah. will do Ah, oh, man, so, so much fun. But, uh, 
but yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and uh, go ahead and wrap it up, man. But uh, it's, it's a real quick before we, uh, before we sign off, how can people, you know, follow you, find your music? Um, you know, I, I know you're, you're decently active on social media. So why don't you let people know how to, how to find and follow you where they can, you know, where they can enjoy your music and find out where you're going to be. Well, you know, I'm not super active on social media, you know, yeah. any, anything other than, you know, posting where I'm going to be playing, you know, I, yep. I, I kind of stay away from it, but I am on Instagram and I do yep. have a Facebook mu uh, music page. My yep. Facebook page is the very creatively titled Bobby Coble page. <laughs> I think I would have like, really, can I change the name of this? And I just don't think I pursued it very farther. So my yeah. Facebook page is called Bobby Coble page. There you go. I, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I usually post, you know, my gigs publicly on my personal Facebook page as well. Yep. And again, I'm at the Blue Bamboo Center for the Arts at least once a month, you know. So again, you can nice. look up that wonderful venue. Uh, if you want to check out Lie of Eris, we're on Bandcamp. Again, like I said, if you put in uh, Bandcamp and then Lie of Eris, L I E O F E R I S, that yep. should lead you to uh, some of our Bandcamp music. And awesome. yeah, and, and I'm generally active in the Central Florida area. You know, and awesome. uh, and also uh, we will probably be doing more with Death to All. You know, Death to All is awesome. also you know on Instagram. You know, you can follow us, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing some more of that in 2024. So that's generally how you can keep tabs on me. Awesome, good stuff, man. Well, yeah, man. thanks a million. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on oh, today. It's my pleasure, Kyle. Man, thanks. You know, again, you're an inspiration <laughs> to us all, man. And you know, thank you so much for reaching out. It was really, it was fun. It was nice to be a part of. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Well, everyone, we have uh, come to the end of another kicking it with the K train. And, you know, I, I think you can tell that, you know, Bobby's music has been, you know, and his energy honestly has been, uh, has been an inspiration to me and keeping my, you know, my musical, you know, interests going and my, uh, you know, just wanting to explore and constantly be better. Um, and so he has definitely helped me keep an eye on my my musical vision as well as, as as well as other parts of uh, of my life like like you said um learning is is universal and we can apply those the skills that we learn on guitar to uh, you know business to life to triathlon whatever whatever you name it so um thanks a million to bobby for coming on and to the rest of you out there as always keep an eye on your vision we'll see you next time Thanks so much, Bobby, for coming on the show. Dude, it's so great catching up with you. And guys, you really should check out uh, Bobby on Facebook, Instagram, all the social media platforms, and highly, highly recommend that if you are in the Orlando area, uh, you should go check him out playing live. Uh, he is a absolute wizard <laughs> on the guitar, so uh, please yeah, go, check, go check him out. And as I mentioned... Um, and as Bobby mentioned, as, as we discussed uh, early on in the episode, um, I have linked a GoFundMe page um, to help out a mutual friend of ours, Ebdias Garcia, um, who I, I sincerely hope to have on the podcast at some point uh, in the future. But our, our, our mutual friend, Ebdias, recently uh, suffered a stroke, and um, his family could use all the support possible um, so please if you if you're able to uh, please click that link in 
the uh, podcast show notes and uh, go donate uh, just a little bit to Abdias and and his family. So uh, thank you guys so much for that. But as always, please give me a follow on all the social media platforms. You can follow me on Instagram at Iron Kyle. That's E-Y-E-R-O-N-K-Y-L-E. On Facebook at Kyle Kuhn Speaks. On Twitter at Kyle underscore Kuhn. Uh, please also check out my website, kylecoon.com. That's where you can pick up a copy of my book, Discovering a Life Without Limits, How Cancer Took My Sight, Blindness Gave Me Vision, and The Mountains Let Me Live. You can also pick up a copy on Amazon, Kindle, or Audible. So please uh, please check that out. And as always, guys, please, if you, have the, if you have the time, please leave a review, a rating on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Uh, that really helps me out and lets me know what you're enjoying about the podcast and how I can continue to improve. So thank you guys so much for your time. And as always, keep an eye on your vision. We'll see you next week.